I don't know. I think that's really what's really healed me more than anything is stop seeking for answers. Stop seeking for what you can't ever have an answer to. Okay, well, Julia. Yes. Did I say that right? You did. That's how you say it. <laughs> there we go. I had a feeling. Thank you so much for being on here. And I want to thank Chris for the introduction. We, had, we made this happen pretty quick. We did. We, we spoke, talked yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that was the quickest turnaround I think I've ever had. So usually when I say, hey, if you want to do something right away for the podcast, we like to schedule for the next week. But I'm actually, for once, someone was like, let's do it tomorrow. And we just made it happen. So thank you for being here. And I usually... Don't want to give too much of an introduction. I'd rather hear from you. And I, you've had a, a hell of a ride from what you told me yesterday. And it seemed like the, the topic was predominantly or heavily associated with suicide. And that's always a topic that, you know, is cringy and in the wrong way sometimes. So it's just a powerful topic. And I would love to hear your story. Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, we go back to... Uh... 2012. It was January 4th. And um, I guess it was like a day that will always be where I, life will never be the same again. I remember it was a Wednesday morning. I was on my way to yoga class and it was like 10.30 a.m. And I remember my mom's friend was calling me, which was very random. And I didn't pick up because I was like, no, I just, I'll deal with it later. And then he called my husband at the time and he didn't pick up. And then he called him again and then he picked up and he told him to, I could hear on the phone, told him to go into the other room. He needed to talk to him. It's an outer body experience for sure. I knew something was up, but I didn't know like what was up. So he comes back in the bedroom and he says, it's bad. And I said, what, what do you mean? And it's one of those moments where you definitely like somebody tells you your father has died, but you don't hear it. And you're literally like, oh, um, but I can see him, right? And he's like, no, he's dead. And you're like, yeah, but I can see him, right? And he was like, no, Julia, he's gone. And then for some reason that sunk in. And I remember there was a laundry basket and I like fell into the laundry basket. And I just remember Gary, my husband, got me on the airplane so fast that I was there by that nighttime. And because um, I live in Los Angeles and I had to go to Atlanta to be with my mom. I just remember like that moment. I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Was there any part of you that feels like you blacked out and just don't don't remember things. Is that kind of what you're saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's moments... I remember like on the airplane, it was crazy, not to backtrack, but like I just remember like we had a really good friend, Johnny Durango, and he... Um, it's a hell of a name. Uh, it's a great name. It's his and real name? It's his real name. Okay. There's a stage <laughs> name or something? It's not a stage name. Okay. So I just remember he loved my father. And for some reason, Gary called him to be like, hey, to tell him like what happened. And he goes, oh, man, I'm like right in the area or something. And he was like, well, we actually need to get to the airport. And for some reason, he was the one who was just like driving by our apartment and just drove us to the airport. And so it was just strange how everything was just like 
lining up perfectly. Like we got to the airport in Atlanta and my mom's friend, Mark Pollock, just happened to be landing at the same time. And it was just, those are the things I remember. I remember watching like Finding Nemo on the plane <laughs> and that, you know, my, um, Gary was literally like, I'm just going to give her movies that will make her happy. And, mm. and I love Pixar. Yeah. So it's just, I, those are the things I remember. And I remember like the first time I didn't cry. I didn't really shed one tear. There's a moment in a movie, it's contagion. And it's where Matt Damon literally says to the doctor, he's like, yeah, but I can see her mm. when Gwyneth Paltrow's dead in the movie. Not, I just gave it away. You said, you're saying you said, yeah, that was... I gave it away, but whatever. I'll edit in a spoiler alert, Brian. But it was literally like, it's just that moment where you just don't believe what somebody's saying. Shock. It's total shock. Total shock. It just, it's a shock I've never, and to this day, have never really felt except when I've heard this news. And the only reason I can think that it's like that is because it is a shock to the system that you just, we're not built for that. Mm. You know, and I, I was brought up Jewish and I remember, just to sidetrack for a minute, the rabbi saying like, suicides are not buried in the, you know, in the cemetery, they're on the outside. And I was really not happy with that. And for some reason that always set with me. We And I'm reform. And that was always very interesting to me and really kind of pissed me off in a way. What is, I mean, not to get completely sidetracked, but that's, I never heard that. What is the theory behind that? The theory is, is I guess that you haven't had completion. You haven't lived your life? Mm-hmm. So you get punished for it. And I always was like, well, that's not fair. So strictly it is defined as a punishment. So it's not just, huh. Yeah. That doesn't help with the stigma behind suicide no, at all. No, I mean, the stigma behind it, I mean, like I said, is like, it, you know, my my dad and I, should I get into the other stuff as well? I or, we're, yeah, we're, I, it's, a lot, it's a lot to unpack. I mean, it's a lot to unpack. I, I have plenty of questions already, but that's go wherever you got to go. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say that like, you know, it was, that was 2012. And then in 2015, when my dad's um, baby brother did the same thing exactly the the same thing that's when it really you know we started to get back to life and things were starting to make sense again and then when that happened same shock same feeling same all those it was like literally like just redoing it all over again and again it's it's a feeling that i still to this day i i can't ex describe it i don't think there's a word for it so you're saying you kind of, you feel the exact same yeah. little, you can't describe, you said you can't describe it, but it's can't just can't describe it. It's just like, it is a, it's a, it's like, I guess the feeling if someone was to hit a bullet into, you know, yeah. push a, push a bullet into your chest. It's like a, oh my God. It's a feeling I can't, I can't ex describe. It's, it's a, it's a, I can't find the words for it. And most yeah. of the time when you're telling people about it, you're protecting them and you're like, oh, but it's, it's okay. You know, it's like it, it, you're always coddling people when you, when you tell them like, like, you know, the it, idea of when you tell them, yeah. When somebody's like, you know, you'll, they'll be like, oh, what happened to your dad? And you'll be like, oh, well he, you know, with a crazy nod behind it, definitely like, oh, he committed suicide. You're protecting them. And it's, it really sucks because it's not it's not anybody's journey but your own how you decide to live your life or or when your life decides 
that or in your brain, I, I guess, in some sense. Yeah. It sucks that you just can't, what, just be open about it? You're not being open about it? Is that what you're saying with sex when you're protecting the other person by not getting into it? Is that? Well, I think you are always a little embarrassed by it because it's yeah. not the norm. It's not like, oh, they died of cancer or they died of, uh, you know, somebody hit them in a car. They took their own life. Right. Yeah, That's this, heavy. I mean, it's, I've said this a million times, I never put on put a hierarchy on things, but in regards to that way of doing it. I don't know what it is. Sometimes I feel like it's the the idea that the, the initial thought that, oh, can this be, have been prevented? Or is it because they decided to take their life and then there's all these going backwards on what the hell happened and trying to come back to it. But uh, obviously that's definitely one of the more brutal ways to digest, I think. So were, were there, obviously it's a, sh- a shock in general when anyone passes, but especially in that manner, were there any signs or any any thought that, that would have happened like your dad and your uncle what's crazy is is the last time i ever actually saw my dad was my wedding day so it's like when i think about it that was a high he was super happy seemed in good spirits and then from what i heard i mean yeah when i look back now i definitely can think of the the timeline in my head of, I knew it was funny because I did wake up that Wednesday morning and I said, something's off. And what was the time? What was the amount of time from your wedding to when he took his life? Uh, my wedding was 9, 10, 11. And my dad took his life January 4th, 2012. Okay. That's pretty soon after. Yeah. It was like three months. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. The honeymoon phase was over <laughs> quite quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to give you a window to crack something there. So thank you for relieving oh, that. No. Yeah. I crack jokes all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. good for you. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely do. I have a girlfriend who it was a lot. I've, like I said, you know, you know now, and I'll we'll get into that is losing like four people in a matter of a year, almost a little bit less is. She literally would be like, so who died? Wait, which did this one commit suicide or is this cancer? I was like laughing hysterically because it's just true. But I mean, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Because it be, it's so a part of who I am and what has surrounded me in the last, especially my 30s. My 30s were like death. <laughs> <laughs> like, so much so. And so... So that's that's the was that thirty that thirty of death, however you want to call it. Was that your all like packaged in one your first real experiences with intimate death? Took you, which you were thirty, or did you have a prior? My grandmother passed away when I was twelve. Okay. Yeah, because right before, or wait, was she maybe thirteen, fourteen, something around there? Because I think she was at my bat mitzvah. That's the, that's one? thirteen. So yeah, so um, I think she passed away when I was fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's different. I guess handling it as a grown woman and you know, totally different. A girl. So yeah. It's totally different, especially in the matter. So yeah. You, I, I, the sh- I'm, I was asking about the shock value because obviously it was so clear, but I feel like I had a similar experience where there's so much I don't remember. So after going back to your father, I know there's more to the story. What do you remember in regards to trying to handle it? Was there anything that you did to heal, if you will, or kind of like express yourself? Or did you just bury it? What did? What was your reaction that first year, if you even remember? That first year, it's crazy. It was like the best year I had in my career. Like Mm. I booked a bunch of stuff, but it is just dark. It's black. It's like, I feel like now things are starting to come back to light. Mm. 
It's been 12 years? It's been... 2010, you said, or 11? 2012. 12, way off. Okay, sorry. So, yes, yeah, so it's actually 10 years. It was just 10 years. Got it. Yeah, and like it, it, I think that more than anything, it's just, I don't know. I think I really started to heal. Like, I think like when I turned 36 and I went to Bali, mm. that's when I started to heal. What, it was a ret- what kind of retreat was going on there? No, it wasn't really a retreat. It was that I started to, you know, I became a little bit more spiritual and I started to really be like, you know, and I, after I lost big people in my life, the, you know, the four people I lost was my dad and my uncle. And then in 2016, my aunt to cancer. And then my grandfather, three weeks later, just a fluke situation. I just didn't know like what to turn. And I didn't trust humans because, you know, I just, I just didn't. Mm. I was just not in a good place with, unfortunately, my marriage and my mom was dealing with her own stuff. And I was literally on my own. That was my dealing. next question. So yeah you, you, yeah, you you didn't have too many people to bounce. No, I mean, if anything, more people ran the hills, ran to the hills. Why do you think that? I think it was just too much. I mean, if it was too much for me to have to deal with, literally one right after another, it was just too much. So I did. I started to like, I guess, in some sense, pray, and I just, I remember getting on my hands and knees and literally being like, okay. I need some something, some kind of form of something. I was like, I remember I like lost a job. I got all my shifts taken away at the restaurant. I mean, just things, it was just one thing. I got kicked out of an acting class. Like, I was just like, what is going on? So I prayed and like, I literally got a sign that I needed to go to Bali. And since then it's been, it was the best thing that ever happened. So do you feel a sense of like surrender in a sense when you started praying? Because when you, it seemed like, or was it just a last resort? It like- was a last resort. It was literally like, I never like had dark thoughts. I never was like, oh, I, because they say that that's very possible. It was more so like, hands up. I don't know what else to do. And so I just kind of like got really crazy, crazy signs to just kind of follow this weird, crazy path. What were some of those signs? One was, for instance, like literally on the airplane being like, need to book a spontaneous trip before you pass away. And it's Bali. And then I was in my mom's guest room where I stay and South Pacific was on. And I kept saying to her, I feel like I need to go somewhere. I need to just and that afternoon I booked a ticket. Mm. I stayed in like the most one of the most beautiful resorts that I got for like nothing. My ticket was like, like everything just like fell into place. And it was, it was the first time like when I got there where I got to like really, oh my God, I remember like laying in the, like getting in this body of water in this beautiful pool and just crying for two full days. Wow. I, I think it was like all those years. Were you, have you cried before? Were you crying before that? And- I mean, I did, but I was, surrounded by people who were like, no, 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 don't get, don't, because then it makes me upset. So don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. It was hard, but it was also like, it is, it's easy to judge, but like, it's, it's rough. You know, it's like, I I always will feel from, you know, um, Gary's my ex now, but he, I always feel for what he had to go through. I mean, not telling somebody once, but twice that somebody they really loved committed suicide is, it's not easy. And then to lose other people, it's just, I think you try to take on too many roles and it just, it's not good for the, the relationship. We're, we're good friends. So that, that's good. 
That's good. Yeah, yeah. I could, that's that's going to take a toll, especially. I mean, any, any intimate relationship when you're going through that, it yeah. it, it, it doesn't just affect the person that it hit the most. It does have that ripple yeah. effect. Well, so what happened is after you, that cry in Bali, do you feel like that's where you kind of started to? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's where I started to really like listen to the whispers, I guess, as mm. they always say. And I did. And I started to like really heal in a very spiritual way and get very in tuned with, with that whole world and, and really following like these, I have like these five guardian angels that. No way. Yeah. Gives me chills. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're always around. And I feel that that's really gotten me through these last, you know, I mean, I don't really know what I would have done if I didn't really listen to that. Like, I'm always like, oh, I can't listen to my intuition. But it's like, that's one time where I, with no doubt, you know, and I, and, and Chris will definitely agree with that, <laughs> is no doubt that's where, in Bali, where everything just falls into to place. And so you say when you heal in spiritual ways, and now you're mentioning the intuition. So you're saying in spiritual ways, you just kind of listen to yourself and whatever. Because then you were speaking about the guardian angel. So is that, it sounds like they're, it's all correlated. But what was the realization was that? Was it just a knowingness? Did you see anything? Did you have a conversation with yourself? Like were your feelings coming up? Like, well, I'm curious about the log- actual logistics of, you know, because you're saying it's so finite. Like now you know the guardian angels, this and that. How did that happen? If you can even explain that. You mean I, like how, what were the signs? Yeah. How do you know you have five guardian angels and like, what was there a conversation with yourself or did you feel like you spoke to someone else or was it a, just a knowingness? It's more of a knowingness. It was a more like just literally uh, getting outside of my body because my body, my brain and my heart were not working. Hmm. They were off. And I think the main reason is, and I always think about this, is that I kept thinking that I needed to repair my father, put him back together somehow, because I felt that, you know, um, what he did was shatter himself into a million pieces. It was this idea I had in my head. And then I had to put him back together. That's the only way I could heal. And once I realized that that was like absolutely, literally impossible. (laughs) And second, impossible, you know, I mean, impossible, impossible to, to do or think or feel. I mean, and, and realizing that it was more about how it was affecting me and what he, I guess, wants is for me to be okay, whatever that meant. And, and really just to find myself again, to find, like, I did, I lost, like, my child, like, one, like, like my child, like one, like I just like lost so much of myself when all of this went on. And I think that's what I was praying for more than anything was just like, just to feel like yourself again. It's so interesting. Uh, so this podcast is going to air after the episode I'm referencing because the episode with Megan Pormer that I'm releasing tomorrow, she didn't lose her dad to suicide. His death was actually very questioned. Like they didn't even get closure on how he died, which is, which is bizarre in itself. But she mentioned something similar to how I'm correlating. She felt a lot, like she felt a loss of I- identity. And I don't know if that's forgive me if I'm not correlating 100%. it, but it, no. that's what I'm hearing. And it took her ten years. So, so kind of similar. I'm just I'm seeing very similarities, though the experiences were different. That took her ten years, and she said she was looking for her father. So you're saying you're piecing them together, but it's so interesting that she said 
She was looking for her fathers and other people, this and that, when she realized she was really looking for herself and putting together her identity. And I find it so interesting and empowering as to what you're doing, what you've done and what you're still, I'm sure, still doing. Is just making that realization. I feel like you get we can get so shut off and just put things to the side and and it's kind of like you're unconsciously, habitually just moving through the motions of life, but you hit something that really struck a chord to go inward and deduce how you feel. And you realize, okay, I'm trying to put them together, but it's not that. And it's really going inward. And you start realizing how you feel. And that seems like the process to heal is going inward and breaking it down like that. Yeah. And also not listening to what anybody else had to say. Because everyone mm-hmm. thought you were I was crazy. For and what why? Because going to Bali, like I didn't have a job. I was going through a separation. Like I, they were like, what are you doing? This isn't your eat, pray, love moment. Like you're broke. Like, what are you doing? And I was just like, Well, I'm not listening to anybody because you guys have no clue. And also it was the idea that literally, and and I do this, is I live every moment day to day. I don't plan anymore. I don't do those things anymore. I don't like I like like New Year's resolutions and whatnot. And it's too much pressure as a human. You have, a, you have a thing against New Year's resolutions? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about that? Should we let that go? Okay. <laughs> no, but it's the idea that it's like, I will do this and I will do this by this date and I will get and then it's like that's setting you up for total failure because there it, we don't we don't know how long we have here. So it is literally the idea. And I mean, I'm so grateful for what I've been through. I mean, I wish it didn't have to be as dramatic, but that's what it is. And I am grateful because it literally gives me the perspective to be like, do not sweat the small stuff. Mm. There's not, and that's the thing is it's, you realize that it's like, there is nothing that compares. I mean, they say that, that suicide is very much like losing a child. And it is, it's like, it's not that it's this thing where it's like, oh, it makes me, you know, go through something worse than this other person. It's not that. I think all of anything, you know, human suffering in any way is, it it doesn't matter. It's how it affects you, Mm. but it's what you do with it. It's it. And like, I mean, that's why I was so excited to talk with you is it's to be able to help somebody to understand that, like, if you didn't do this thing, if you didn't, you know, decide to take your life, if you could realize what it does to the ones you leave behind, it would be really, that's pretty powerful to be able to, to realize something, to to stop somebody from doing something, to realize that that's the, that's the answer. That's the only answer they can see. I mean, and I think that's all with depression. Like you asked, like, did I see signs of depression? No, I mean, my uncle and my dad were the two funniest people I ever knew. But when I think about, like, what happened and I see, like, it was going the last week, like, some of the signs and stuff, you know, I I definitely can see certain things, certain moments where I was like, oh. I'm going to drive you up a wall, kind of looking back. I wonder if there's a fine line of looking back to figure things out and also not going too deep because… Yeah. I feel like they can easily kind of turn into shoulda, coulda, wouldas and guilt and all that. And you, yeah. you, answer, you answered the question. I, I was wondering if there was an aspect of closure. It sounded like there was an aspect of closure in regards to the Bali trip because you said you're trying to piece your father together. Then you realize, I guess, the truth to that, that, that wasn't really the truth or the possible No, I mean, option. it's like it's like the epiphany. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's so cliche, but it's like you do. You have that moment of like, oh, this is about me. Yep. 
and you're like, oh, wow, I went all the way across the world to find this. But you kind of have to, especially with something like that. I had to get away from everything and anything. Like, I didn't want to go to Europe because that's where I went for my honeymoon. Like, I just didn't want to go to anything that meant anything. I wanted to go somewhere where, like, nobody knew me. Kind of like Cheers, I guess. Like, nobody knows your name. <laughs> like, you want to go somewhere, like, where they literally, like, knew nothing about me. And I knew nothing about them. I knew nothing about Bali. I was just like, let's, okay. I decluttered a little bit. I did. But in regards to going to Bali and then having that experience, do you feel like moving forward from there, you're, you feel super well equipped from that point of, oh, hand, God, of no. handling where you are now? No? <laughs> no. Um, I think like you were saying about that, it, it takes 10 years. I mean, it takes 10 years for one death. This is four deaths. Yeah. How do you juggle that? Like, what do you, how I, I do don't, you, how do you it's really, did they have a book? Cause I've been, I'm looking, I'm <sighs> looking for some, I'm looking for somebody else who's dealt with it. Yeah. That's uh, dealing with that. I don't know. I don't understand the, I, dealing with one is enough. Is enough. But to cognitively think, okay, I'm gonna take five minutes for this person. To, like, I don't, I don't know. That is, that's rough. It's rough. I, and, it's rough. And it's, it's rough because, you know, it's the idea of like, what am I actually mourning? Who am I actually mourning? And you do feel this sense of like, I'm not giving any of this justice. And so you kind of just go through the motions a little bit because you're like, I don't know where to go and you don't know what to do with all of that. I mean, like I said, is like I I went on to Ireland on an, an Ireland acting retreat and I met a girl and she literally was the only one I'd ever met who lost a mom and a, you know, an aunt to suicide. And I was like, I had to go all the way to Ireland to find somebody who freaking got this. Like, it was crazy to me. It was really crazy to me that that there's not, and that's okay, but it's just, you feel like you're on this island. And every day, I mean, I got, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about, or you wake, I wake up almost every morning and it's just like, was it a dream? I mean, I can't tell you how many times that still happens where it's like, is that real? Uh, feeling in your chest, the bullet through your chest, you're saying that still stays, stays with you today? Oh, yeah. Do you ever believe that that's something you can release? I do. I think that's time. I hope. Yeah, I brought that. Uh, this has this come up a couple of times as well, but uh, I feel like I, I used to always say time heals. I, I did mention this in a prior podcast, but I wonder if it's time because it, then it like alludes to the, the memories fade in some sense. Or is it time because you have time to figure it out and work on it? You know what I mean? Like, is it time itself or is it how much, how, how well you spend that time? It's kind I don't of know. A question. I mean, I think for me, it's more like the idea of like time. I don't know. I mean, every, it's a new normal. Every day is a new normal and it's not like it ever goes, it doesn't go away. I mean, you know, you know that it doesn't go away. It just, it shifts and it ebbs and it flows and it has moments where you, you know, God, you could be in the grocery store and you're looking at a watermelon and you just start like welling up because it's a memory. And I think that's the thing that I'm starting to really realize and really hold on to more is those memories, those cherished memories. That's what's important to remember. And that's what was so hard for so long was to see anything. I mean, to literally, everything was just black. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember memories. I thought that was the weirdest thing is I just, your brain is literally like, no, 
because this person didn't die in chronological order. They just went. And I couldn't wrap my head around that. Like we said, you were, it was complete shock. And I think anytime your body goes to shock, it just goes in survival mode. And it's a defense mechanism for your body, but it's also messed up because I feel like a defense mechanism just screws everything else up down the road. Totally, because it's like flight or fight, but like how long are you in how long are you in that for? Yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole, nother, whole fight. <laughs> if you're in if you're in that mode for too long, that's when some serious shit starts happening to you, yeah. which is so important to get the fuck out of there. But yeah. it's something how the hell do you do it? But 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 you had that you did have that moment in Bali where it seemed like that's a major piece of the puzzle of doing it. Like I feel like you I think it was. You know yeah. What I, mean? I think that it's not like it's the answer, but I think it was the first time in my life where like I had taken the initiative to just listen to myself and no one else. And I think that that really brought me on the journey of healing more than anything. I mean, you think it's like, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to be, it wasn't any of that stuff. It was more the idea that like, I haven't gotten to mourn any of this. And once I realized that was really what was going on, was really what was keeping me so like in a really bad place. How do you know when you're mourning? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can tell that you're not mourning, but how do you tell that you're mourning? I think when people say to you like, hey, you look good. I always think sometimes that what it is is like we have kind of maybe a gray cloud, like literally a a cover over us. We don't want you to see our heart or we don't want you to see us right now. And I think people, people, like you said, they recognize you like you look great right now. People recognize the opposite and it's way more recognizable than we think, you know, I think because we're in our bodies every day and we're doing this so routinely, but people feel it. People know it. Think in your eyes too. I think eyes are a big one because it's like when you can't see anything, when you don't see past, present or future, you, you just look kind of just there. It's like a little avatar. You're just not. And that was the thing is I was like, why am I here? I don't understand. Like, why would this happen? And then you're like, oh, woe is me. It wasn't really woe is me. It was more just like, I don't understand because I'm a huge believer of being like, we're here for a reason. And like, I've wanted to be an actress since I was four. And it was just the idea that it was like, okay, now I'm just completely and utterly confused what I'm supposed to do with this. And I do feel that it's like, it it brought me to this. It's like, I'm, you know, wanting to write a book about it and have started. And I think it's just more so you realize is you're here for helping people. To, why? Why this? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's really what's really healed me more than anything is stop seeking for answers. Stop seeking for what you can't ever have an answer to. At what point do you decide that you can't get answers for something. And- well, I think you realize when it's like, it doesn't matter. It's like, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. What do you want to do? You got two ways to go. So it's like deciding that, just kind of being like, okay, I guess I'm just going to start. Like, I mean, every day is a is a thing. Like I, every day I meditate and I, you know. You're doing I, the work. I'm doing the work, but you know, you have to let people know that you have to do. It's work. It's work. It's literally I don't want to get out of bed a lot of days, not because I'm depressed, but just because I don't know why I'm here. What's my purpose? It's it's a lot easier being sad than trying to be happy. Yeah. It's a lot of work to be happy. It is. It's a lot of work or not even happy. It's like just to have that sense of, 
I think uh, gratefulness. Yeah. I think that's really what started to get me on this, on a better understanding was the gratefulness for it instead of the the victim, the victimhood of it. And that's where I really lay most of my days now. And also understanding that it's okay to feel shitty. You know, it kind of goes all the way backwards to the beginning when, um, what culture was a Jewish culture that separate that Jewish, yeah. Jewish culture to put them outside the, uh, the cemetery. And it's like just that negative connotation and judgment towards it. And I'm not trying to compare it religiously, but I'm kind of relating it to the idea of that negative connotation of feeling sad or the mental health aspect, or maybe having suicidal thoughts. It's just looked at as a punishment or like a negative or a weird thing, which is why even talking about it is weird. But I think it's like, it's okay to feel shitty and to not feel judged. Like you shouldn't feel judged by it. I think it's just that the human brain and being humans in general, we're vulnerable and we have these thoughts in our head, but it also goes back to what we were saying, but it's going to take work to get out of there. It's like, just like lifting weights. You got to work out your you muscles. You got to work at it. You're going to have to work out that mind of yours. And, and otherwise, uh, horrible things happen. Well, yeah. I mean, you could be sitting in a corner shooting heroin, I guess. So, you know, I mean. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> like, sometimes, sometimes it does not sound that bad. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I literally am like, God, that does sound nice just to be in the womb again. <laughs> that <Yeah>. feeling. <laughs> like, just like, yeah. <laughs> like, so, but yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to go down that route. Yeah, we're not condoning that. So where are you now? Where am I now? Um, How are things now? How are you? <laughs> that's a funny question. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I don't like to say I'm, I hate using the words good or bad. I just, I don't like using any of that stuff anymore because it's like, I'm a huge communicator. I constantly want people to feel okay. I would say as far as where I'm at, as far as with like relationships or like just friends in general and all that stuff, it's it's this place of being like, oh, I hate technology. It's like the idea of somebody doesn't get back to you, you think they're dead or you think they're <laughs> literally so mad at you, they're never going to speak to you again. The stories. The stories you tell yourself because you've had people literally dip out in a really weird way. Mm. And you're like, well... If, they could do it and they knew me for 31 years. Well, what makes you think this person wouldn't just leave me? So there's always that idea in my head that like somebody's never going to actually yeah. stay. So that's what therapy's for and, and we're doing we're doing that, which is good. But um, as far as everything else, I mean, I think honestly what I'm really realizing is that I want to do something with it. I really want to be able to you know, be on podcast and talk to people and, and, you know, get this conversation going in a different way because especially like, I mean, suicide is so taboo. I mean, I even still, when people ask, they'll be like, what happened? I'll be like, oh, he committed suicide. Whisper it. It's real quiet. Like it's this secret thing. And I want it to not be that. I want it to be talked about just the idea of like, yeah, I lost four people in less than five years if somebody had babies in that amount of time, then they'd be excited about it. And it, 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 it sucks that it has that condensation. It really does. You know? So I think that, where am I at? I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's a loaded question. It's a pretty loaded question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like you've made progress. I think that sometimes you gotta, as cliche as it is, sometimes you gotta look back a little bit and hopefully you're in a better place and that's something to see. Yeah, see I mean, I think if you're able to talk about it, I think that's, that's huge. huge. 
That is definitely huge. And that's kind of a big portion of this entire podcast because I was not that person. I always kept it inside. Yeah. And I've said it a million times, doesn't matter what it is, trauma, this, that, or the other, you feel you're releasing energy. You're releasing a bit. It's not all of it, but yeah. you're releasing a bit of energy. And I think when you have the confidence to speak like you're speaking, uh, I will having a hard time thinking you're not in the upper trajectory already. So I don't even know what to say to someone who's lost that many people in such a short period of time. I mean, I feel like some people don't even, it takes decades and decades and decades to lose That's that the many thing, people. That's the thing. It's like, you, I, I can't even wrap. It doesn't feel real. It, it 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 still feels very weird. It still feels like it didn't actually happen. And it and it and that's odd because it's for people that meant so much to me. I mean, they were literally like, you know, everything. I mean, and I still feel very like connected to them because of this whole idea. And maybe it's just a defense mechanism, but it works, you know, having guardian angels and feeling that way and kind of being guided by it a little bit more. How, how do you explain that as guardian angels? I believe that. I'm just curious of the actual... The you, idea how, of it? How, just, yeah, the idea. How do you define? How do you know it's four or five? Like, how do you know it's... Is it different voices? Is it... It's is, not that it's different voices. It's it's for me. So I went to like a, a psychic. Okay. And she literally drew a picture. And she drew it with like these five little specks above my head. Wow. And I told her I was... I told her like everything that happened and it is, it's, it's my dad, it's my grandfather, my aunt, my uncle, and my grandmother. And wherever I go, wherever I travel, whatever I do, there's always like a, f- a symbolism. Like when I was in Bali, I was in like, I went and like, got one of those like amazing, like $5 hour massages or whatever. <laughs> and in the room was five statues. Wow. So it's like, so I think five it's like is a, specifically just the number, the numerical version of five. A is, five, yeah. So, and then all of them have like a different thing. Like my uncle was like was really funny and would do re- these weird like shoe shows. <laughs> like he was like a little like he was like a comedian. He should have been a comedian. And so whenever I see a shoe, I always see a shoe on a pair of shoes, some random place on the day that he died. My grandmother is hummingbirds. Like at our wedding, like I remember there was a hummingbird on the on the flowers. So she's always there. My grandfather is money in random places. My aunt is nature. I mean, just yesterday was there. Um, my uncle and my aunt have the same birthday, April 5th. And um, yesterday, Dozer was laying there and then a little ladybug just came and just was like hanging out with us for like an hour. I was like, what's up? Like, so things like that. It's what's gotten me through it. I mean, and my dad, it's comforting. And my dad is, um, the number is 14 and 69. 14 is a yes and 69 is a no. And this is all like in this, this book I'm writing because it's a lot. How far along in the book are you? Uh, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Do you want to say anything about that or too soon? No, too soon. Okay. Way too soon. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you're making me nervous <laughs> talking about the book. That's amazing. That's so exciting. It's it a, is exciting. It's a big deal. It it's is a really, exciting. Seriously. Like, congratulations Thanks. to where you are. It's amazing. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's like, it's just having like writers. You're like, oh my God, I'm a writer. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I'm so not a writer. But because I write like too. I talk. Like, you know. So in that case, it's going to be freaking hilarious. <laughs> That's Oh, no, no, that's exciting. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's worked for me. It's yeah, gotten me through it. That. And so that's, and I think that that's another conversation is 
especially like in a time like right now with the world being the way it is and what we've gone through, it's like you got to find hope and faith. And if you lose that in some sense, you got to look for it somewhere else. Yep. You mentioned there's other triggers like a watermelon that makes you sad. <laughs> on the other side, there's these other triggers that make you happy. It's maybe it's like a why not? Why not focus on this? And I think yeah. uh, as time as time does pass, I think another sign of healing, in my opinion, is you're going to get those triggers. There's going to be ebbs and flows of life. You're going to feel shitty. You're going to feel happy or whatever it is. But I think a sign of healing in my eyes is when you see that, once again, the watermelon, it's, it gets a, diffused a little bit more and more. It's like a big inflated balloon. You're slowly letting air out over the years, over the yeah. time that passes. And next time you see that watermelon, it might affect you for the next day or two days. But then as time goes on, you start releasing it as weird as that sounds. I think the next time you say it, it's like, okay, it might only last an hour. And then after that, you can kind of like notice it. Yeah. And it could possibly turn to something good as weird as that sounds as well. Like that negative connotation towards it can be a reminder of what you've kind of succumbed to, like what you've over or you've grown to in some sense. Totally. And I think that it's so important for me, at least, you know, for, for anybody is don't let it define you. Because I did that for a while too, where I was like, oh, this defines me and my life. And I think once I let go of that too and was like, doesn't define me. It's just, it just is what it is. <laughs> it's there and you're here. It is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Julia, thank you so much. Uh, thank I you. I think it takes uh, a lot of balls to, I wish I chose a better word than that, but <laughs> to, to talk about what you're talking about. And uh, I, I haven't met someone with an experience like yours. And like you said, of that, the sequential deaths that you've gone through. So, you know, I, I've always been one to avoid saying I'm sorry, and I'm not going to say that right now. <laughs> but uh, in this newfound relationship, you know, I'm just another person you can speak to, hopefully. So in that in well, that case, you. otherwise, that's it. So thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. Another episode of Dead Talks, and we'll see you all sometime later. Thank you. <laughs>